It's a pleasure to have Gatlin Elms. Thanks so much for coming to The Antidote, Gatlin. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I've got to say that you have the coolest name. Is this legit or it's something you invented? <laughs> so it's legit. Um, and I get that a lot. I think whenever I first started doing music, I would have preferred to have something else. But everyone always said, no, like you literally have the perfect name for this. So I've stuck with it this long. And uh, like in middle school, my dad told me the story's been he was just sitting in school. I think he had heard maybe like the Gatlin brothers mm-hmm. or something like that. And he said to himself, if I have a son, I'm going to name him Gatlin. And that's the story. So, <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't end up with a local name that we have around here. And the last name is Crop. Oh, yeah, there you go. Well, tell me, yeah. is Gatlin Elms, is this a solo thing or are there others involved? Yeah, it's. It's not a solo thing. Um, I've had a pretty steady group of guys who have played with me since 2009 or so. And it's been definitely like a group effort. Each album that we've put out has been a pretty consistent group of guys uh, who have been writing together, doing life together. So yeah, not a, I wouldn't say it's a solo thing, although it's my name. Tell me, how did music begin for you? I guess what I'm asking is, what's your earliest music memory? Um, My grandfather was a music minister in churches growing up, and maybe that'd be my earliest memory, going to church on Sundays. I'd go early with him and stay late with him, and he'd be doing his thing and uh, kind of admired him for the heart he had for people and the giftings that he had. And then... I don't know, first memories of music were like finding a James Taylor CD in the glove box of a truck my parents had bought and kind of listening to that and kind of being maybe not like super interested, but kind of in awe of, you know, James Taylor. Just kind of being in awe of that and kind of, I don't know, special like wonder about how somebody could write music. It's magical. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel that you're sort of carrying on your grandfather's tradition then with what you're doing now? Um, Yeah. He actually recorded a few albums and he passed away in 2011. And as kind of a tribute to him, I had a few of his old records that my grandma had and was able to kind of restore one of those records that a lot of his friends and people he did ministry with really loved. And we kind of recreated that and put it in CD format for different people to buy to kind of help my grandma out as she was uh, just kind of trying to figure things out after he passed away. Um, but yeah, like writing, doing ministry at a church, recording albums. Yeah, I would say to some degree, you know, different times, kind of keeping on that tradition. How long were you making music before you recorded your 08 release, The Oceans and the Stars? Uh, Probably two or three years and had been writing a lot, maybe 2006, 2007 or so. Just started really developing an itch to write. And in the context I was in, I was probably 16, 17 at the time. 
and had a close connection with Robbie C. And he's a uh, artist down here in Houston. And he had a small studio and was able to help me put that together. After that record got produced, I started kind of looking for a few guys to help me play it. And then we kind of launched into that creative band format. That album included a classic, Down in the River. Yeah. You know, it's funny, there are so many traditional songs you could have recorded. Does that one mean something special to you? Yeah, um, I've always been a a big fan of bookending albums and stuff, and I've loved getting to, you know, experience albums in that way as a listener and as a fan of a lot of bands. And so the first song I wanted to be on the record was the song Riverside, and I wanted to try to bookend the record with that kind of theme. And I really liked the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, growing up. And just like one day in the studio, we thought that'd be kind of cool to like just do something like that. Maybe that song catching the record. So we had, we had recorded everything and we're kind of thinking what we would like to do for the ending and wound up choosing that. I think it was a really cool fit for that record to finish it that way. That's really sort of a bizarre movie, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> Very entertaining. Yeah. I want to branch off here for a second. On a personal level, what does music do for you? Um, I think it's a great like coping mechanism to kind of just cope with maybe realities going on in my life um, and even just to like process my emotions. I think I'll, I'll write songs most of the time and not really understand where that's coming from. And then maybe like six months later go, oh, like I was processing this going on in my life and I can understand how that was kind of helping me cope with whatever that was. And then I've just always going back to the, like the wonder and awe that comes with writing music and especially with a group of people and a group of friends um, that is really special. I think it's a great bonding element for friendships. Well, that's cool. You know, I can usually sort out the meaning of a song, but you stumped me on a song you did 10 years ago. Uh-oh. The colors we can't see. So I, I don't know, is this too long ago for you to recall? Um, I'll give you a literal translation of that song and then maybe a more abstract uh, translation. Sure. Um, literally, um, so the band that I've played with for a long time, we were kind of just messing around if maybe six months to a year before we recorded that. And we wanted to create like a electronic band called Autopop. That's what we had named it hypothetically. Okay. And I was sitting in the car. We were driving to a show or something and sort of just started to write the like beginnings of that song and just kind of just wrote it in the car tentatively for our hypothetical band Autopop. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, sort of the idea lyrically is thinking about like the color spectrum and what we can see maybe had read something you know like a few weeks before that and thinking how our vision isn't 
like a complete vision of the color spectrum. So what would that look like to see that and visualizing that in certain ways? I don't know. Um, I was really in a cold place. So wanted to write something mathematic. And so that's kind of what came out. So (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're happy with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You talked about song creation. Now, some artists have a structure that they follow for songwriting, and for others, it's just something spontaneous. How does yeah. it work for Gatlin Elms? Um, I would say most of the time, I'll sit down and a song will just kind of fall out of the sky, and it's done in 15 minutes. I feel like most of the time that just happens, and it's like the special moment where you're like, wow, you know, I can't believe that happened. But um, definitely there's been other songs where there's like a definite theme that you're trying to create that takes a long time to like really hash out. Um, and maybe I've written music for it just from a, like a quick melody idea that I had and you throw in your phone and then six months later, find it. And it kind of makes sense to put those two things together, the lyric and the melody, or um, maybe just writing lyric out. I would say it, it kind of happens in multiple ways for me, but most of the time it's just sitting down maybe because of an idea and then like hashing it out right there and then finishing it up while you're recording. Well, speaking about recording, you took a long six-year break between With the Monsters and last year's Locked Doors. Why, yeah. why the big music gap? Yeah, so those two records are sort of interconnected I was diagnosed with a cancer called Ewing sarcoma in January 2013. And I had a nearly volleyball-sized tumor on my left kidney. Oh, boy. Um, and I think whenever you like go through an experience like that, you definitely are like, what can I do that can kind of take my mind off of this? Um, going through chemotherapy and surgeries and stuff. And then, too, like, what do I want to put out like? You know, that being a wake-up call, like, I may not live a year past this. Like, what do I want to leave behind, you know? Um, So, With the Monsters was sort of an EP that we put together, honestly, like, the quickest we've ever ever recorded anything. And whenever you have, like, a major thing going on, like cancer, you definitely want to, like, finish something before you might not be here. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we finished that record in record time for us. It was like six months, um, but such a beautiful way for us to like process singing the gospel together. And then just kind of having a creative outlet for myself during that season. So we recorded that right before I started chemotherapy, recorded most of the instrumentation and then finished up most of it like through three or four months after I had started chemotherapy um, through 2013 and then released that in November 2013. Um, And then, yeah, the gap coming out of a cancer diagnosis, I think for anybody who's gone through like a traumatic experience like that, I feel like you're always prepared for going through the actual trauma I think it's easier to go through the trauma mm-hmm. whenever you're going through it because you just have to. Um, but then I don't think anybody prepares you for kind of the time that you're going to spend coping after that. So part of that, I think, was t- 
taking some time to recover and heal. When I was diagnosed, my wife and I had been married a little over a year and a half, and we had just had our son, and he was four months old whenever I was diagnosed and started going through chemotherapy. So I think part of it was just intentionally kind of scaling back and saying, there's definitely been a traumatic experience here. So let's work some things out, you know, as a family and personally. And some of the songs on Locked Doors had been written already, and we wanted to record those sooner than later. And then that cancer experience happened and we kind of had to put that on hold. So it was definitely a long wait. And I think it was something for me and my family and the rest of our band to kind of close out that season, even if it was six years later, you know. I get that. It's interesting because I find much of your older music carried this hopeful tone. But then unlock mm-hmm. doors, you sometimes really have to search for that happiness. Yeah. This was really a reflection of your life? Yeah. Locked Doors definitely was a kind of processing what I was going through. We started recording that record in late 2016. And our drummer's daughter was diagnosed with leukemia like a month after we started recording. Oh, boy. So they had gone through this season with us. They're really close and dear friends, their family. Um And then his daughter was diagnosed with that. So it was this weird, like, we're coping with what happened in the past a few years ago, but also presently coping with the current situation and his family. Um, The goal of Locked Doors was to feel hauntingly hopeful is kind of what we, we wanted to go for on that record. So... I don't know if that translates or if it just feels more haunting. Uh, <laughs> but um, that was the, the goal. Musically, Locked Doors is a bit of a change from your previous releases, too. I was finding it a little less alt-folk and a lot more indie. Was that just incidental? Um, I think that's some, like a, a vein that we had wanted to tap into for a long time. And... Um, We had a friend who helped us produce it that kind of helped us move into that genre and kind of wander around in there a little bit. So, (laughs) You know, the title track from Locked Doors has a line that grabbed me. I peeked through a hole in the wall and I could see my life from beginning to end every scene. Now, I know I'm taking this out of context, but really that sounds like something from the Twilight Zone. (laughs) that's terrifying um so i wrote that song right in the middle of chemotherapy um and it was i'm sort of going through you know what i had mentioned earlier when recording with the monsters just thinking about time thinking about time you have left and kind of what would it be like to experience i don't know viewing your life outside of that sort of that that's the story that's kind of unfolding in that song um like i'm walking into this season and there's no like i can't turn back in this this is absolutely the only option is so walking through a door and like i'm locked in to where i'm gonna be um 
one of the major themes that is going on in that record is God outside of the space of time, you know, he's omnipresent, omniscient. And maybe that was a way to think like God's in control of this. And if I could see what's going on, maybe it would look like this. And I guess that's why you included the line, and there you were standing beside me all the time, every line, right. every door, every minute, all my life. But then right. you put a twist on it because the song finishes with what amounts to a question, uh-huh. but I've got a long way to go. I mean, right. it's almost like were you purposeful about turning the song into an emotional roller coaster? <laughs> um, yeah, I think talking about bookending records, um, I think that was the purpose to do that in that song, starting the, starting the song off with, I've got a long way to go, but I don't know if time will pass fast or pass slow. And then kind of entering into this, like, well, I've, I've entered into this season, I've entered into this room, this locked door, this season in my life. But then hopefully, I think at the end saying, um, the chorus says, um, <laughs> what does the chorus say? <laughs> uh, I won't let it stop me from living. I won't. To then say at the end, I've got a long way to go. I've got a long way to go. So hopefully saying this isn't the end. I'm not stuck in this. Like this door's not locked forever. There's just another door to walk through. I got to tell you that it was the song Run Dry that really pulled me into the album. What inspired that? Yeah, that song was um, written maybe two years after I had finished chemotherapy. And we had written, musically, that song sounds sort of similar to the song Please. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yes. Um, But we were kind of working on arranging that song, the song Please, and kind of had gone into a little riff. And it felt good, but it felt different enough to maybe be its own thing. So we kind of wrote just some like quick riffs, what might be a verse, what might be a chorus. And then I took that home and started thinking through what I would want to say in that song. Uh, and I thought back to on my first week of chemotherapy, I was on a drug called cyclophosphamide. And it would start to cause hallucinations by like day five to seven. Um, And I had this episode one evening. um, It was a really severe like night terror, sleep paralysis, hallucination. And I kind of thought to myself, like, what would I want to say to myself? Because that was probably one of the most terrifying moments of my life. Mm. (laughs) Um, What would I want to say to myself? if I could speak to myself from the future in that moment. And so that was kind of what kind of came out. So I tried to emulate, I don't know if you've ever had a sleep paralysis episode, but you feel like maybe you can get like one or two words out, but you're like stuck there and you can't move. And um, so I kind of tried to emulate that in the verses where they're like short, very like succinct, phrases that are going on in those verses and then in the chorus bridge section to coming out of that you can you can free my mind i'll not run dry um 
running dry, kind of alluding to, I'm going to come out of this, you know. I think we might have already covered this, but I'm getting the impression from Locked Doors that the album is looking at life from the beginning to the end, you know, and all the struggles and encounters in between. But the album still remains positive. So were you really intentional about giving the album an overall message? Yeah. um, Whenever we started to kind of put songs together, the, the main idea was to say, we want a constant theme of musically, like hauntingly hopeful, lyrically, like I'm processing a lot of things going on. Um, and then I think one of the major themes, we talked about this briefly in Locked Doors, was that phrase, and there you were standing beside me all the time, every line, every door, every minute, all my life. Um, there's definitely a, a rolling theme throughout the record that is God's always near and always beside us, omniscient, omnipresent in every season, you know, high or low. So um, I think you can sort of see that in the ending section of the first song on the record, Fault Lines, kind of goes into this moment of your hand never leaves me, your hand never leaves me. And then even to the end where you're following this character who's been on this journey and remembering the words that someone said to him. I want to pull in some lyrics from another song. Heartbeat says, Don't you worry, darling. I'll find ways to make your dreams come alive. Never say the days come and gone. We can build our kingdom in time. How about for you personally? Have the dreams of Gatlin Elms come alive? Hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was something I uh, wrote like a year or two before, like I'd even gotten sick. That was sort of something, you know, as we're a newly married couple, um, just kind of. I mean, back when it was still romantic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, but we were just kind of as a newly married couple wondering what's our life going to look like 10 years from now, you know, and. I thought it was nice to be able to bring that song in because I think it really alluded to as a couple going through sickness together and her taking care of me and then going through other things. I want to take this right down to the basics. Who's the music of Locked Doors meant for? Hmm. I think anyone who is processing like a a major traumatic event in their life um, and looking for a way to, to be met with honesty in coping with those things and honest expressions of how you might feel in the darkest of times. Um, that'd be my biggest hope is that it can mentor someone going through a difficult season. And uh, hopefully if they've enjoyed it enough by the end, have some, uh, hope (laughs) 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 injected in (laughs) Gatlin thanks for this talk I really appreciate you taking time for the antidote absolutely thanks man